Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston Proper. You are live from the path. You're listening to Live from the Path. We're coming from the uh, Pathway Studios here in Johnston Proper. It is good to be with you uh, again, I think. I, I almost couldn't find the place, man. We went on, on a sabbatical. It was the fog. Hey, man, it was a long time. I don't think – I was thinking back to this, actually. Uh, one of my kids goes, hey, hey, do you, do you have to go to the show tonight, Dad? And they kind of pouted at me. I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to the show tonight. I said, I, I like, I, I don't, we haven't done one for, I mean, weeks. Yeah. Uh, I think it's darn near a month, man. I know. That's a long time. I was worried that the one or two people that count on us to kick out podcasts would be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> we could lose them. <laughs> we could drop our audience by a half. Uh, all right. So here's where I got going on show. So uh, to kick off the new year right, uh, here's a few things that I was thinking about doing. Well, we're going to do some secular versus Solomon. Okay. I've got some. I mean, you're going to kick the kick 2018 that's, off in the right foot. Now, hold on. To be fair, that's me and Dan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a light room, Ben. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. I blame Booba for this. Uh, if he were here, I wouldn't be in this predicament. Uh, and then we're going to do – so I, I always go through these stories, and, like, I, here's the deal. You guys are terribly hard to predict. Like, I might say, oh, hey, here's an interesting topic, and you both be like, yeah, no, I think I agree. And then we're done, and, like, there's nothing to talk about. Yep. So I'm just, I'm going to start rifling through stories. <laughs> yeah, okay. And we're going to see what fits, right? If, 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 this, uh, if you got one sentence and that's all we got, we're moving on. There's no reason to bleed a stone here. Yeah, okay, this oh. sounds great. Okay, that's what we're going to do. Wait a minute. Now, see, if you were to tap the stone, <laughs> that would come out. Sorry, there was a previous conversation about why uh, Moses uh, tapping the tapping the rock instead of just letting the water come out. And it was, yeah, it would have had to been here, so I should probably should have brought it up. And wait, here's the deal. You missed it because, like, it was, the, uh, it, was, it was a quotable mic moment. What was it? You should, if you're going to fall, you, you should trip and fall into holy... Do you remember what it was? Yeah, well, well, because we, we were talking about the rash of of of, of pastors, like and dudes that I like. I kind of like their preaching. Like they were, they're kind of helpful to me in a couple spots in my life, you know. And 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 they keep going down for for like you know affairs on their wife or, or sexual misconduct. And I'm like, I, there's especially in that line. And as a pastor, like the way that you're operating your life, even if you do trip and fall, you should fall on holy. You shouldn't be even close, yeah, to the things that you're falling into, you know. And like I. And not to say that, like, obviously there's, there's, we were talking about this too, that there's grace to be had, um, for actions that you take in your life, but for heaven's sakes, like what, you know, I shouldn't, I, it's not like I accidentally stumble with my walk with the Lord and all of a sudden I'm an alcoholic, right? Yeah, like, right, if, yeah. I never picked up, if I, if I don't have that stuff in my house at all, I can't turn out to be that way. And so, like, some of these things where their guys are like, well, you know, I, I had some mis- misjudgments or whatever and I wasn't being led by the Holy Spirit and I, I cheated on my wife. Like, what the heck are you even doing in a place where you could cheat on your wife? That was these, these explanations are terrible, right? Right. I don't, to, to your point, I don't find myself kind of wandering and then accidentally ending up in a strip club. I couldn't tell you where most of them were. Yeah. Right. Like the, as a matter of fact, I, so I was driving Uber uh, at the uh, last year, and uh, I picked up this group of people, and they were in Ankeny, and they were saying, "Hey, take me to this." This it was a strip club, and I'm like, I, you know, I just I'm not even sure where this is at. <laughs> so I had to put it into the Uber to look for it, and I thought, oh crap, now it's gonna. That Google's going to pick it up and start offering me stuff. <laughs> I thought I got to get out of this Uber business. <laughs> you're interested in strip clubs. 
Hopefully they took it as I, I just wanted some lumber. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so you're listening to Life from the Path. Hey, I'm sorry, just to, in case it mattered, uh, do apologize for the, for the big lag. We just, uh, life is getting in the way of some, uh, uh, of everybody being able to be here, me specifically. And so, uh, apologies for that. My goal in the new year was, uh, was to not have that keep happening. And there you go. I, I, I loused it. So well, do, and, we, and we had some equipment issues. That's true. We did. We did. I th- and I think we got that straightened out. You guys will let us know if, if, if it hears, uh, if it sounds all right. But we're still working on that too. Actually, there's a couple, uh, couple days I was here reconstructing and or deconstructing and reconstructing stuff. We'll see how it goes tonight. Uh, all right. So, so here let's let's do a couple of these uh, quick hit items and we'll we'll see what snaps. Uh, let's see. The first one was. Oh shoot! So that was the one we were talking about. That one's gonna land. Uh, Mike, let's see. Uh, thoughts on. Uh, <laughs> Thoughts on Trump calling stuff an asshole. These these are my favorite stories. Uh, <laughs> I, here's the thing: is <laughs> I open up my my news feed. It buzzes to my phone all the time, you know. And like I never seen that word so many times in the in the news. Like just here's the thing: obviously, you know, I, I'm not saying that behind non-camera interviews there ain't a ton of people in Washington dropping to essay. <laughs> you know, like I I think it happens all the time. Uh, and so you know. People act, acting outraged that he would even use that language are are fooling themselves. I believe most of them use that language, and uh, your your high stool might come down a couple pegs. Uh, on the other hand, um, as a guy that is to represent, once again, if you're going to trip, you should fall on decent and not depraved. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I just, I, 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 I mean, he, truthfully, he can feel however he wants about those countries, but you're leading our country, and we need to make, we need to have some type of relationship. With other people, right? Like you don't bust out to the the potluck block party and then start calling your your neighbor next door a whore, right? Like it's just it's not how it's not how you conduct yourself. And and so like even if if the, your inkling is that that's true or the guy next to you is a, you're almost certain uh, a drug dealer, it's not the time. You know what I'm saying? You're in a community and you're trying to get along with people and like if you have personal relationships with them, you can talk about their deficiencies, right? But like to publicly even say anything like that about another country or any country uh, of which you are also a leader of, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It just seems poor form. Dan, any quick thoughts on that? Yeah, you know what? I, I honestly haven't followed it other than I've seen the bullet points, but I, don't, I haven't read the in-depth what really happened, you know? So I have, yeah, I have really nothing to add. It, I mean, other than, I mean, he is who he is. You know, as far as his communication style, he's going to say what he's thinking, and it's going to be outlandish, and everybody's going to get mad, and I... I I think he goes back at home at night and lays his head on the pillow and says, this is awesome. Yeah. I you believe know, he sleeps very Everybody's talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is great. <laughs> no, whatever, whatever the topic happens to be. And uh, so, I don't know. I think he wins. Yeah, I think that's true. I, you know, the, the one thing I, I think I would caution is, um, and maybe this goes to Mike's point, is a senses of uh, false outrage. Right? Like, to the extent that you are surprised that this is still happening, like, I, I don't. I don't quite understand yeah, that. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I noticed a, quite a few people that were like, uh, they, they were outraged. Like, I can't believe that he would say something like that. I mean, what about the last year plus the <laughs> years worth of campaigning makes you think that he wouldn't say something like yeah, that? Yeah. And uh, and even I, I saw, and I, I hesitate to even speak to this because I feel like, like I'm not in that situation. But but I did see a number of folks who had adopted uh, or have relationships with other countries, either they're mission relationships or they are adoption relationships or whatever, and they're like. Again, they they appear to be flummoxed, and they're like, you know, I have to explain to my child why this this guy is saying this thing. And I thought to myself, who put him on, on such a high pedestal? Yeah, I don't that, think you have to. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. 
I, I would say, I, who, who, who cares? Who cares what this man thinks? Now, I recognize that there, there are thoughts that there are implications to, again, the types of relationships that they have. Um, if there are, 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 are there really folks like in other countries who are like, hey, this man represents our relationship with the United States? It might politically, but like as a mission organization, like most of that stuff is happening between like Christian donors that are sending money over there. It's, right. and, and that's obviously not this man. And so I recognize that there is a, a sense of reaction to that. I, I just I just I, be careful about giving credence to things like giving things weight in your life that do not belong. I, I really don't care what the president thinks of people. I right. don't. I, I don't. But I mean, to be fair, I, I don't believe the rest of the world. You know, there's there's pockets. Right. The, but most of the rest of the world doesn't operate that way. Like whatever comes out of their leader's mouth is it's it, it's like having an authoritarian father. I agree. You know I, what I'm saying? Like yeah. where where we can say, look, we're a freely elected system. And like if the guy's a schmuck, we'll call him a schmuck and we'll move on. You know, yeah, but right. like. There's 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 probably a good 85% of the world that they they don't get to do that and they don't see it that way and so when they see it happening over here they're like they must all be schmucks that they chose this man you know like they chose him to represent it. and so like yeah I, I, agree, I and we have to deal with that yeah I mean there's 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 a little bit of weeds here and right but like some of it is way over dramatized right you know it's like, a, yeah it's a political game I mean the the little girl sitting in a hut in Haiti does not know who Donald Trump is. Probably doesn't even know who America is, other than they've heard, oh yeah, America, Americans are here, they have money. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's yeah. He could say, I love puppies, and, and there'd be all kinds of people screaming because he, he didn't love cats. So it's all games, it's all politics, and and if if it was the other side, like say the last eight years, it was the same thing. He said something, everybody's mad at him because he didn't say the other thing. It's just what it is. Hey, uh, does that that reminds me? So our 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 news organizations not held to the same standard as, say, print organizations where you can write the S-word and then pump it out on, like, a headline? So, so there's been a lot of trouble within the media trying to figure out how they can handle – how basically how they should handle this type of thing. Like, there was – it showed up on a lot of newscasts. Uh, it showed up on Saturday Night Live where, like, they, they were saying it. They, were, they said, look, the president said it. Can't we say it? Now, here's the thing. If the president said it, uh, it, it wasn't televised, right? Like, that's why there's debate as to whether, like, you get groups of people who said it happened and then some who said it didn't. Um, and so, like, that's – it's different, and the truth is it's, like, it's a little bit – it's an iffy conversation, but, like, there, there are – this is where the FCC has to decide, right? Like, what's what's standards of decency versus what what is um, communicating the news? You run the same problem with, like, violent images when you're covering war footage, when you're trying to demonstrate things that are happening, describing crimes that occur. Um, yeah, but whenever – when has it ever been a tenet of our Constitution that the president sets the moral standard? Of, of of what we can say and what we can't. Yeah, so the FCC does. Uh, so it's not him specifically, but like it, like there is a government regulation of. Um, yeah, but the guy morality. who says, well, he well the president said it. Like that's the stupidest argument I've ever heard. No, 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 I agree. <laughs> Which again is is like that, that's that's what I'm saying. A lot of people are reacting to this on a premises that I would uh, say are false. One, um, how much I have to invest on what the man thinks in general. Uh, two that he is proposing or that we should even consider that he's the one that sets the morality for the country. Now, I, I mean, I get it. So, to, to Mike's point, like, that is something that we have the freedom to debate and say we just do not subscribe to. Um, a, a lot of other political um, setups in the rest of the world don't have that same concept. Like, it is actually. They set the morality. What they say goes. And so uh, we do have a posturing problem. We have to react to that. But, like, from from our perspective, um, I, I think that's um, – they're goading a little bit. To otherwise, I think, deal with the thing in the way they want to deal with it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, second thing, any 
Any any resolutions this year uh, at all, fellas? Usually we're a no. Actually, I'm I'm uh, I'm staying out the gas station <laughs> for good. Like no gas station at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously I got to stop and get gas, and I did. I, the youth group needed soda, and so I stopped in there. But like since the first of the year, there's no personal uh, gas station stops and no uh, personal um, lunches out to eat. Oh man, I'm rocking it so far. Really? I brought two cans of soda with me. <laughs> I'm that old guy that brings drinks from home. <laughs> it feels very lame, I'll be honest with you. But, like, uh, so far I've been packing my lunch every day. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't say I'm in love with it. But, <laughs> but it, it, it is something that I resolved to do. And so far it's uh, it's going okay. All right. Good. Dan. You, you know, I don't this year. Last year I had a bunch of goals and, and uh, did fairly well on them. But this, this year I... I um, I, I have more vague direction stuff than I do. Continue yeah, I Adonising. What's that? That's your plan is to continue Adonising. Yes. That's right on, Dan. <laughs> Wait, like being like Adonis? I, it's a phrase people use. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I've never heard it. of it. I just said yes. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I don't know. I don't really have any. I, so I, a few things I started before New Year because I thought I didn't want to load it on Gen 1. So like, oh, I started a few days beforehand. So... Uh, I started drinking lemon water in the morning, like boiling lemon water. Well, I don't feel lame anymore. <laughs> boiling lemon water. Uh, well, you know, like heated. It's uh, yeah. it's like a like a tea. It's just lemon juice and hot water, really. Uh, but here's what I found is that uh, when I started doing that, it's too freaking hot. When I make it in the morning, I can't drink it. Uh, and so I have to wait for it to cool down, and I've been reading my Bible consistently in the morning because of that. And I thought, all right then, lemon water it is. So consistently for, for this year so far, I've been drinking uh, – that hot lemon water in the morning, uh, getting my Bible reading done in the morning, which I have have never been able to do consistently. Like never. Last year was good uh, because I finally got consistent Bible reading in, and then this got it doing happening in the morning. So those those are my my two kind of things that I wanted to reorient my day to get up early enough to boil lemon water, <laughs> and then to uh, to drink it and kind of read Bible stuff before I go to work. And like that, I'm sticking with it so far. Yeah. Is that supposed to be kind of a cleanse thing? Uh, yeah, it's for digestion stuff. Like yeah, I also yeah. gave up caffeine. Yeah. For the most part, uh, for the same reason, like there's just I, I was feeling crappy, and uh, I decided it was it was probably uh, all the coffee and and uh, pop and stuff I was drinking, so yeah, I gave up yeah. the caffeine and started drinking a lemon water. Not me, Ben. I'm sticking with it. That's right. I mean, double down, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever sustains you. Yeah, so uh, I guess along that line, like I I'm reading, I'm doing a, a read through the Bible in the year plan uh, with a bunch of people, and um, so yeah, so I mean, there are some specific things I'm doing, but I, I hadn't thought of it as you know, like a resolution, resolution type, yeah. just uh, kicking in some stuff into gear. Okay. Waking up earlier. Yeah. More Bible. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Okay. Good. Uh, hey, there was a story on the Christian Post that um, mission groups are saying that our misunderstanding of unreached people is hampering our ability to fulfill the Great Commission. Uh, and the core, the core output of the article was, um, you can't think of the unreached as your neighbor, who doesn't know Jesus, because they are reached. They have us. Uh, so, and I think the concern is, is that as we orient, if we think, oh, well, it's our neighbors and stuff, then we stop sending money and time and resources to find, like, I don't know, tribes in, in Sudan and stuff like that. Uh, legit concern, Mike? I don't even, I don't understand the premise, Ben. So, so the, the concern is, is that if we, if you define unreached people as anybody who doesn't know Jesus, um, it's hampering international mission work because people then define unreached as, my neighbor Tom does not know Jesus. I will spend my time, money, and effort trying to reach Tom because he is unreached. Uh, and so no one then is spending time, money, and effort to reach the pygmies because no one is their neighbor. 
Are, are they saying they believe this to be a current problem? Yes, they said it is a current problem. Well, I disagree. Why? You said if it was only a one-sentence answer, Ben, you weren't going to beat it to death. <laughs> <laughs> well, except for I want to know why you... So hold on, it says, Concern is rising among, among Alliance members that many Christians have lost sight of what the term really means with missionaries going out to the far corners of the world to spread Jesus' message. Okay. Fugler added, that's the man's name, Of course, believers need to keep praying for and reaching out to those around us who don't know Christ, but we believe it's imperative that as a, as a church we embrace a greater commitment to seeing the good news taken to the truly unreached, those places and, and among people groups where the gospel has yet to be heard. <laughs> okay. so I've given my never Tom the best shot I can. You're done, Tom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to Malawi. I can't put up with your white face no more. <laughs> I, now, hold on. These are guys, Alliance of what? Tell me they're part of the Alliance of uh, International Missionaries. Uh, yeah, no, I'm like sure they are. Alliance? Hold on. Um, they're taking International Day of the Unreached. John Fugler, chairman of the Alliance for the Unreached. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, here it goes back to uh, teaching the whole gospel and the whole you know, council of, of God. We're, we are called to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria Galilee, I mean, you know, to the other other parts of the world. So, so yes, yes, and yes, it, it, you know, yes, our neighbor is unreached, and yes, so are the people in that tribe in the Sudan, uh, and so yes, I, I may not have to go there, but I have to send who's going to go. I mean, I have to either send or go, long range, and I'm responsible completely for my neighbor too. So, yeah, it's like those guys that like they they start working for, uh, oh, I mean, name any any charity, like uh, even the food bank. You yeah. know, and then all of a sudden, every, all on the radar. everyone they meet is the is a degenerate if they do not give yeah. to the food bank. And they might be living at the hospital, caring for sick kids or whatever, like 23 hours out of the day. But according to this dude, they're junk because My they don't give to the food bank. Passion. That's right. And right. so, like, he might be overreaching a little bit. Maybe you're part of God's plan to reach those people, and God's using someone else to use to reach someone else. I mean, wouldn't you say that, like, and we've had this conversation before, like, as far as international missions goes, is like, I mean, people from outside of the country can do a lot of good, but it's it's the infrastructure within the country. Like, if you set up people to meet Jesus in that country and then let people who live there work and do the work of Jesus Christ, that's better. That's always better. It's not like Paul said, hey, I'm not setting up a church here in Ephesus. I just want you to like me, and then I'll be back. And then we'll talk about it again when I return. Like he set up a church to operate uh, apart from his presence, right? And so, like, I'm not saying that we don't need to send people to set up churches, but like, it's it, the Great Commission is 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 to uh, make disciples, right? Is to grow people into knowing who Jesus Christ is. And like, if you do that with some people in that country, then those people will make other disciples. And your oddly tall, weird whiteness doesn't need to be there. You can go back home and 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 take care of your neighbors. All right. Yep. Next. Uh, so that one guy, Mike. This was the story you were talking about. Um, it was it was the the dude that was a youth pastor. Um, hold on, see if I can find the allegations were made. Okay, this week allegations were made against Andy Savage, the megachurch teaching pastor at High Point Church in Memphis, regarding an event that took place 20 years ago when Savage was serving as a youth pastor in Texas. According to the accuser's testimony, 22-year-old Savage coerced the then 17-year-old Jules Woodson. To participate in sexual activity, he had oral sex. He, he had oral sex in the back of a car. Woodson reports that he apologized immediately after the incident. I'm sure, asking her to remain silent. Sounds like an apology. When Woodson refused, according to her testimony, the church instructed her to keep quiet. 
Um, and so the, 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 the primary outrage to this was there was video of this guy telling this story, and then the church kind of get up and applauds. Um, part of the Me Too stuff. He, he gave his personal testimony. I was the perpetrator. Yes. And, and God has forgiven me. Yes. And, yeah. Yes, that's true. And so the question is, um, there, there were a lot of reactions to this, um, most of them negative. Um, whether the man should should still be in ministry, How, does God's uh, forgiveness extend to this man still should to be still in ministry? Um, was the church right to have stood up and applauded? Uh, I don't know. Quick thoughts on that, Dan. Well, my, my my initial thought when I was hearing about this was the church did what it has been trained to do the last several years is to um, you know recklessly love and and offer grace and forgiveness and mercy. And I think we should. I think that is good. I think they probably didn't have time to process what was really being said, what he really did, what what happened, and to say, well, wait a minute, you're also uh, a pastor and leader in this church, and maybe maybe that's not appropriate. And, and you know, maybe we need to figure think this through more than we just before we just stand up and applaud. And I don't know where I even am on that. If something that he did 20 years ago, I want to know what's he done in the last five years. Is that a habit, or did he, like, he was just a silly 22-year-old that just, that was a bad mistake and a terrible thing, and he learned, even though that 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 church did things terribly wrong, I would say, those people all need fired. (laughs) Yeah, the Texas church. Yeah, 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 yeah. the elders need to step down if they're still alive, I mean, you know, all that stuff, Um, because that was awful, trying to hide it. yeah, but 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 I I I need more information to know if he shouldn't be a pastor now. Now they might be reacting too far the other way. I mean, if there was grace, if he is done, if it was a mistake, and that's what his confession was all about. They took down the confession too, so I can't hear that. Right. Um, you, you know, then I could speak more intelligently. But but um, I'm going to ride the fence on what he should be doing now. Mm, Mike. Yeah. I, I mean, I su- I suppose there there you just you need more information, right, to know. Like I think the thing that troubled me was is like if I think if you read the gal's um, take on it is like the last like not the last they ever heard of it right but like when when he left his when he left the church in Texas he didn't say why it was a vague I made a mistake it's time for me to move on and then he left right and then uh, like it ended with with him asking this gal to just keep it keep it on the low right and like this should have came out. 15, yeah. 17 years ago. Well, yeah, and the, I think the clarification here is that the church asked her to keep it on the low. He, like, yeah. he, they weren't allowed to talk after it was reported. So, like, he said that Wait he apologized. That yeah, didn't but that's happen. the thing. It's like the church says, hey, you're not allowed to talk to that person. I'm like, whatever. I'm totally allowed no, no. to do whatever I want. Yeah, so that, I agree with that. So, and, and maybe this goes to the point of um, uh, th- this isn't – it's safer to do to feel like he's doing penance in this way, right? Like – like you, you removed yourself twenty years from actually making an apology, from ruining your life, which it probably would and should have at the should time, have, yeah. right? And you dodged it for twenty years, and then now we look at it, and and and, and having to rightly respond to the fact that this, um, that, that Jesus is a is a is a forgiving character, otherwise we're all in trouble. But like, it's this doesn't feel like, um, this doesn't feel like. He had necessarily been, I don't know, been struggling to handle this correctly. Are you telling me his moral compass is that much different 20 years later? As a man of the cloth, he, frankly, he, he would have known how to react to it then, and he did not. Well, the church did not, he did not. And, and the church should have told the next church, oh, by the way, 
Yes, exactly. Well, and you it does say careful. in the article that like he he said all this stuff when he was taking the job at the Memphis church that he's in. He let them all know that this was something he had done in the past. I'm like, that's all that's all well and good, right? I I, I get what you're saying, but here's here's what I know is like there's a list of folks that I know that that ha- they do not follow Jesus at all. Their life does not reflect it. They have no interest in it. It's not what they do. And then when one of them meets Jesus, you know what I start hearing from them? They start going back, and I start getting apologies for them being jerks for the last 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, they start showing up out of nowhere, and, like, you didn't ask for it. God does that. God says, here's the wreckage you caused without you following me. Here's the grace you received. And then grace has has just a way of, of, of worming inside of you and you going, man, I really owe some people some apologies. And so here's the thing. It's like, as a youth pastor, as someone that's to be following Jesus Christ, it is terribly embarrassing and terribly hard, and you have some very awkward years coming up. But that all should have blown up right then and there when it happened, because that's the way God deals with it. You don't get to be shady and hide the stuff. You don't get to tell half a truth like, hey, I made a bad decision. No, you didn't. You got oral sex from a 17-year-old while you were a youth pastor. That is not a oops. That's right. a yeah. But that's abuse. That's, that's not abuse. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. horrible. Right, and so the fact that you got to live with that for the last twenty years with half of the details, especially with the gal that accused you, you know, and 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 it was all on the quiet hush, hush, hush. I don't care what the church body has said. You following the Holy Spirit, that should have came out. A church body trying to save face does not trump the Holy Spirit leading your life, and you going, I hear what you're saying, boys, but I got to get this out. I did this. I need to repent from it, and it needs to be done. And that's the way you live when you follow Jesus. Here, here, here's a side kind of side road from this whole thing, because you get down to what happened this past week this was an illustration in a sermon and he was thinking in his study this is going to be a home run yeah i'm really going to make some cool points and i'm really going to and hopefully he was thinking it from a positive some people who've done some bad things going to find out there is grace for you yeah uh but he he broke the cardinal rule of illustration is the illustration blew up in his face and was bigger than whatever he was saying and now all we're talking about was his illustration and he may lose his job over it and that's really all it was. I mean, what happened was terrible and real. I'm not saying that it wasn't. I'm just saying that's that's what he, the tool he had this week is a great illustration that I'm going to make a point on, and and he he chose a poor one. But I mean, how myopic do you have to be to not recognize the nature of the point you're making? Yeah. I mean, like it's one of the things that brings caution as to whether he's actually recognized. I mean, I can't. Whatever. I don't know the band. All right. Yeah, so right, right. in fairness. And, and and frankly, the church that applauded didn't know the details either. He did right. not give the level of detail that we now know. Yeah. And so, I mean, recognize that that's what, what these people are hearing is someone did something. Uh, they've to, to their extent, it sounds like he confessed it and then it was handled well. Yeah, giving them a pass. He's obviously a skilled speaker in a large church. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they're not going, yeah, yeah you totally abuse people. Fantastic, right? Great. There's, I mean, Where's Matt Lauer? There is probably a lack of sensitivity there. And But I would say for that man to even think that this is a good it's a good, a reasonable point, um, and something that 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 a whatever I would agree with you that whatever point he's trying to make, like this is supporting and not a lead actor, is foolish. But second of all, to not recognize um, the extent that he this, this story was about him, um, and and not having some sensitivity around the other the other half of that story, um, it it just it, it gives you pause to say like, did you? Did we learn this? Or do, or do you know the language, the right way to talk about it, the way that makes it sound like this is the right way to talk about it? Um, and, and I think that's the quarrelsome thing. And, and when it comes to like what he's currently doing, I, there's a million ways to serve Jesus. I feel like you just can't be a pastor anymore. I, I'm, the Lord will forgive you. This is a forgivable thing. Um, and, and you can go on and, and serve Jesus, and you can tell the story. 
um, and you can help bring people to him through it. I feel like you, as a pastor, it's done, though. I just feel like you've disqualified your ability to lead people well. You know, that's that's actually kind of a decent point is like, uh, is there a reason that you're holding on to this pastor thing so so mightily? You know what I'm saying? Like, because you're right, you can serve Jesus in a ton of ways. You could you can serve people and 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 getting them to know Christ a ton of ways. You don't necessarily have to be the guy on stage, which I mean that job's hard to have without pride anyway. That's a that's a pride battle, especially the bigger the church gets. Is like, I, you know, that's that that has to be a constant battle. That this is not about me. This is about God. This is not about me. This is about God. And the more popular you get because of your great preaching style or the programs you designed or all these things that you came up with. It gets harder and harder to say, you know, God has 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 I God has grown this thing, but you're like, but I'm pretty good, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty good, I'm pretty smart, and I've done good things, right? Like that's a battle anyway, and I I, I really all you're doing is taking your pride out of the thing and saying, look, maybe I don't, and maybe I can serve people this way. I, I'm with you. I think that's the way to live. Uh, all right, I think that was all my I think that was all my quick take stuff. Let's uh, let's do some secular songs. For America's fastest growing game show, Secular or Solomon? And you've stumbled onto America's fastest growing internet game show, Secular uh, versus Solomon. Here's the core of the game in case you have forgotten. I'm going to give bits of wisdom, uh, and your job is to tell me whether it is a secular bit of wisdom, wisdom of the world, or whether it's biblical wisdom uh, generally originating from Solomon. Um, and the whole point here is to say, do we know where our wisdom is coming from? And so uh, if it is worldly wisdom, we want to know who's perpetrating such things. So I want country of origin. Everybody good on the rules? Do I, do, do I need to face the other way, Ben? Uh, yeah, that would be ideal. Move yourselves around. <laughs> Got it. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Uh, here, I'll make this super small. Make it, make it easier. All right, we're going to start with Dan. Secular or Solomon, a spoon does not know the taste of soup, nor a learned fool the taste of wisdom. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that is a secular proverb, and I'm trying to think where that would come from. But I just it just has a UK flavor to me. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna go England. I'm gonna go uh yeah, I'll go England. Ooh, a spoon does not know the taste of soup, nor a learned fool the taste of wisdom. Mike, secular Solomon. Solomon. Mike said for Solomon. Uh, so, uh here's Why did the, you why did you chuckle after I said Solomon? Uh <laughs> I don't I don't know if, if Solomon makes reference to soup. That's why you don't know your your Bible very well. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm not the points man, so I can't award them. But, uh, Mike, I, I would generally at least award Dan half points uh, because a spoon does not know the taste of soup nor a learned fool the taste of wisdom. It is whales. 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 Yeah, yeah. I mean, technically part of the United Kingdom. The problem is Dan settled on England. See, and I was going to say UK, and I, th- and I thought, well, I just kind of, uh, yep, yep. Not, not Solomon, then. Yeah, no, definitely not Solomon. <laughs> yeah, secular. <laughs> okay, it's when he was vacationing in Wales. <laughs> uh, secular Solomon, whoever pampers his servant from childhood will in the end find him his heir. Whoever pampers his servant from childhood will in the end find him his heir. Secular or Solomon, Mike. Yeah, that's secular. And uh, Laos. Laos, secular nice. Laos. Dan. I, I'm going to say that one's actually Solomon. Dan's in for Solomon. Dang it. Whoever pampers his servant from childhood will, in the end, find him his heir. 
Solomon, Proverbs 29. Come on. I mean, Dan is rocking today. <laughs> rocking. It's abysmal. It's a new year, my friend. <laughs> Dan's on a year-long Bible reading, starting in, starting in Proverbs. Uh, secular Solomon. Whoever sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. Wow. Ouch. Whoever sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. Secular or Solomon. Dan. See, what happened was uh, Solomon had some really spicy meatballs, and he was in a, in a really bad mood, and uh, he wrote that. So I'm going to say Solomon. It's, <laughs> he's, he ordered the number five spicy at the Laotian restaurant, and it was a mistake. <laughs> Mike, I just can't take in the man that, after being seen cutting off his own feet, yells, enraged at the crowd, bring me the couple violence. <laughs> <laughs> And the crowd, the crowd goes, I think you've had enough. <laughs> uh, Solomon. Uh, whoever sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. It is indeed Solomon, Proverbs 26. I don't even know how to take that in. Man. Yeah, what is, it, what, is the, uh, what is meant by this proverb? Okay, one more time, read it. Whoever sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. They're not going to give the appropriate message. And then violence will come upon them because people are going to get mad, ticked off, and North Korea is going to hit send bombs. There you go. That kind of thing. There you go. <laughs> you've, you've allowed a fool to conduct your business. The result of a fool conducting business is generally violence uh, and putting and making it so that you don't have the chance to get out of the situation you're in, cut off your own feet. And uh, that's what's happened. You should not use a fool. I, I, <laughs> you know, I just some of these proverbs been from Solomon, I feel like they're more common innate wisdom. Right, like once again, when he says, "I have a message to deliver," bring me the fool, <laughs> <laughs> or Watch bring this me, one. <laughs> bring me John Reliable. <laughs> I'll take John. So I do wonder if, like, um, like how much, how many of these are, re, are Solomon is restating uh, simply because he's done yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, right? done them or seen them. Yeah, he's seen other kings. You know, people bring him fools for messengers, and he's like, "You're a fool." That's right. I'm taking you guys, you boys out. <laughs> Right. He sent the fool. Go cut off his feet. And get, get out the boxed violence. <laughs> Bring in my cup of violence. Let's go. <laughs> Things just work differently in other parts of the world. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, secular or Solomon, at high tide, the fish eat ants. At low tide, the ants eat fish. Whoa. At high tide, the fish eat ants. At low tide, the ants eat fish. Yeah. Secular or Solomon, Mike? Uh, secular in Japan. Secular Japan. Dan. I was totally gonna say secular Japan, man. But I'm not. I can't. I can't be totally there. So I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Taiwan. Dan is in with Taiwan on the black beaches of Taiwan, and the tide would come in, and the fish would. Okay, that's enough. I mean, this is an image I can't quite. I can't quite reconcile. First, let's say where it's coming from. At high tide, the fish eats ants. Excuse me, the fish eat ants. At low tide, the ants eat fish. It is Thailand. Thailand. Oh, Thailand. So close. close. I haven't been to Thailand. I went to Taiwan. I have to set up the pause all the time. Where did I go? Well, I mean, is this happening? At high tide, the fish are coming in and and picking ants off the no, beach? No, the ants are swept away by the tide, and then the fish yeah. eat them when they're in the water. They find them in the water, and they pick them off? Yeah. yeah. And at low tide, when the fish are left behind, the ants take them over and eat them. Because yeah. some kid was making a castle, and the fish got stuck in it. Oh, I never thought of that. And then the ants said, hey... <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> that couple fish violence is for you. In the council. <laughs> Bring me the couple violence. <laughs>
and I'm bleeding. <laughs> we can lift it because we're ants. Uh, here we go. Secular or Solomon, no matter how hard you try, the bull will never give milk. Oh, boy. No matter. Stop. The, don't think about it. No matter how hard you try, too the, late, man. <laughs> the bull will never give milk. Secular or Solomon. Damn. Uh, that is a secular proverb from Poland. The po- <laughs> Somewhere in Poland. of the Polish. <laughs> There's someone yelling at a poor Polish boy, knock it off. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Mike. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go secular as well. And uh, Sweden. Uh, no matter how hard you try. What, what is it we think of Eastern Bloc countries? Eastern cows. <laughs> no matter how hard you try, the bull will never give milk. Secular Ukraine. <sighs> Ukraine. So next time you see a nice Ukrainian man. Walking around your fields, you say no, <laughs> no. Get away from my bull, <laughs> step back, sir. <laughs> uh, here we go. Secular or Solomon? Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the appetite. Yeah. Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the appetite. Secular or Solomon? Dan. Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm going to go Solomon. Dan's in for Solomon, Mike. Yeah, Solomon's all over that bin. Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the appetite. It is Solomon, Ecclesiastes 6-9. 6-9. Uh, I don't know. Does that one make sense? Better is the sight of the eyes. Better to take it in than chase it. Is that what, is that what it means? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, I mean, uh, what is it? The first, I don't know, between the first 12 chapters of Proverbs or whatever, there's probably three devoted to dudes. Going after stuff that don't belong to him, or That's true. chasing the drippy, drippy woman, or whatever. You know, like it just he he loves to bang woman. that gong. <laughs> yeah, the drip drip faucet woman. <laughs> uh, here we go, secular uh, dripping, or Solomon dripping honey. <laughs> uh, the highway of the upright turns aside from evil. Whoever guards his way preserves his life. The highway of the upright turns aside from evil. Whoever guards his way preserves his life. Secular or Solomon, Mike. That's exactly what we're talking about about people stumbling. You know what I'm saying? If you want a highway that's all solid stuff, then if you fall down, it ain't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Solomon. Solomon. Dan. See, I think you're being tricky, and it's a good biblical counsel coming from, like, a, a TV preacher. <laughs> that's oh, where I get Solomon. all my good biblical counsel, Dan, <laughs> and my credit card number. <laughs> but I'm going to go Solomon. Dan's in for Solomon. The highway of the upright turns aside from evil. Whoever guards his way... Preserves his life. Solomon, Proverbs sixteen seventeen. Damn, I knew it. That's why I said it. Hey, man, this this game really doesn't bounce as well without three people in the room. Now, and like I usually like to yell at Booba and make make comedy comedy at his stupid answers. And yeah, it's, oh, yeah, we're missing a guy. I can't even <laughs> keep track of whose turn it is with only two men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Secular or Solomon? Uh, give to a pig when it grunts and a child when it cries, and you will have a fine pig and a bad child. Give to a pig when it grunts and a child when it cries, and you will have a fine pig and a bad child. Secular or Solomon? Damn. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go so, um, secular, and I'm trying. Um, this is where I get it's really really difficult for me. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna go with. Uh, boy, it's really tough. Oh, damn. Uh, Brazil. <laughs> Brazil. No, are you kidding me? <laughs> Dance in with Brazil. Mike. I was going to say Brazil. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say secular and uh, Portugal. Give to a pig when it grunts and a child when it cries, and you will have a fine pig and a bad child 
secular Denmark. <sighs> Denmark. I had no idea there was pigs in Denmark. Isn't that where they made the movie with the pig, the talking pig? Babe? Babe, yeah. No, I think that's uh, uh, Ireland. Uh, I've never looked at the origin of that movie, Ben and Dan. <laughs> uh, here we go. Secular or Solomon. What's the matter with you guys? <laughs> I wonder where this is made. Beautiful country. <laughs> I must visit. <laughs> Secular or Solomon. I wonder if they have lemon water there. Uh, <laughs> and a hot stove. <laughs> the church is near, but the way is icy. The tavern is far. But I will walk carefully. <laughs> Sorry, the, the church is near, but the way is icy. The tavern is far, but I will walk carefully. Secular or Solomon, uh, Mike? Secular. I, I'm, I'm forced, Ben. My hands are tied. It's Ireland. <laughs> All right, Ireland, Dan. That's good. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go secular, and and um, I, I believe I'm going to go with Mexico. Dan says it's Mexico. Uh, here's the deal. I could have given you a clue here. Uh, you've, you've ran into this country already so far, and uh, their actions would make you think that perhaps this is a true sentiment. Anybody want to re- change their guess? North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> Denmark. <laughs> it's the bull country, Ben. <laughs> uh, that was Ukraine. Yeah, Ukraine. Uh, yes. All right. The church is near, but the way is icy. The tavern is far, but I will walk carefully. Secular Ukraine. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Before I go, I'll milk the board. <laughs> I don't think they talk in a, in a Spanish accent, Mike. Absolutely, they do. <laughs> uh, okay, hold on, hold on. Uh, all right, secular Solomon, last one. Uh, better was a poor and wise youth than an old and foolish king who no longer knew how to take advice. What the heck? Better was That's a, not poor a proverb. It's half a paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> better was a poor and wise youth. Than an old and foolish king who no longer knew how to take advice, secular or Solomon. Dan. I'm going to go Solomon. Dan's in with Solomon. Mike. Oh, man. Uh, secular. Greenland. Secular Greenland. Better was a poor and wise youth than an old and foolish king who no longer knew how to take advice. It is indeed Solomon, Ecclesiastes 4. Dang it. That's it, Mike. What's the tally? Uh, I won 74 to 30. What the heck? Why? Because I'm amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I rock this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and excuse me, I'm headed to the tavern. (laughs) Don't make me open up a cup of violence. (laughs) It's hard to get there without defeat. (laughs) (laughs) All right, anyway, you've wandered in America's fastest-growing Internet game show. To uh, check out past versions of the show, uh, go to lifeinthepath.org. And, uh, I mean, we're seeing lots of traffic, so you're going to have to fight your way through. I recommend going early. Maybe get, maybe in the morning. All right. That's it. What else? Anything else on the docket here? I got a, I got a secular song. Or a secular song. I got a, a Dear Life from the Path. Uh, okay, yeah. Let's do that. Okay, here we go. Ready? Yep. Dear Life from the Path. My husband and I enjoyed going to estate sales. Recently, we were shocked when we heard an estate sales representative ask an older lady if she could afford what she was looking at. <laughs> the woman answered, Yes. Shortly after that, as the woman was leaving, the estate representative asked her if she could search the pockets in her jacket. She said, yes. (laughs) And nothing was found on her. The estate sales representative followed up with, you know how it is. (laughs) Man, this is (laughs) iffy. We were appalled, to say the least, 
We've been browsing right along with the older lady and saw nothing suspicious. What do you make of this? <laughs> Should we have said something? Holy cow. What are you going to say? Yeah. But, but, yeah. <laughs> don't ask that lady these questions. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have the right to not trust her. <laughs> Boy, I mean, was it an auction or like a garage sale? I mean, a state representative? Is it a family member? Uh, an estate sales I'm, representative. I'm not, you know. I think it's got to be like the the auction company. That's not a thought. That's what I was assuming. Maybe maybe they've run into some sticky finger oldsters before. I mean, maybe maybe that's a problem with old people in estate sales. They're going around to snoop through Ted's belongings because they knew Ted, but they're not really want to buy something, or they're going to take something that they believe rightfully belongs to them. I mean, we could have saved a couple paragraphs here and just said, "How do I handle everyday interactions?" <laughs> Love whoever. What if I don't like what someone says? Yeah. What if I think somebody's stealing? What should I do? You should ask them. <laughs> and then when they produce no stolen goods, you immediately apologize and say good day. <laughs> That's just a weird way to handle yourself, you know? Or they're, Of course, they're, what they're asking is they should have should they have said something to the sales representative. Yeah. I, I mean, if she was over, it doesn't appear as if she was overly uh, rude about it or anything, right? She suspected someone of theft. They said, I'm not thieving. Search away. She came up with nothing and said, okay, yeah, thank you. Yeah, she was she was obviously wearing clothing that that implied she was not of noble means. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I I noticed people treat you differently depending on what clothing you wear, and uh, they just decided she was poor, and maybe she was just playing them. Maybe she just was loaded. Wasn't that Sam from Wal whatever the Sam's Club guy? Walmart guy, didn't he used to drive around like an old beat-up pickup or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Multi-millionaire, billionaire. Yeah. And coveralls and... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I feel like this is a real weird question because nobody who's going to answer this was there. Yeah. And... It's like none of your business. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> it's saying like, hey, I had an interaction. I chose not to really get involved. Should I got involved, person who wasn't there? <laughs> Stop being the world police. Yeah, I don't know. Let people go. You know, the, if the old lady would have put up a fit about it, then maybe you should also back her play. You know, but like if she didn't, she let it go. I mean, you're the third party offense man. Just you got to drop it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You got to let it go. Okay. Uh, Secular says, since I wasn't there, I can't I can't guess at what may have triggered the sales rep's suspicions. But her treating a prospective customer in such a heavy handed manner is surprising. I've seen wealthy shoppers at more than one estate sale who dress down to enable themselves to get a better bargain. Yeah. That said, I think you were wise to not intervene. To have done otherwise might have caused a scene and embarrassed the shopper even more than she already was. Wait a minute. Uh, aren't the estate sales, uh, aren't they auction or pre-priced? Like, do they really go, you know what, for you, eight fifty? <laughs> Is that going on in an estate sale? Yeah, really. I mean, if, if, it's, a, if it's an auction... And the dude you're bidding against has it in his mind that he will pay $50 for this thing. What you're wearing or not wearing should have very little to do with it. <laughs> but maybe I have a compassionate heart, and I think I can pay more for this, and she obviously can't. I'm going to let her win. I mean, she drove to the auction. Right? You know, like, <laughs> she got here somehow. I feel like, I mean, it's not like he's phoning in a bid from the bridge downtown, you know, like. They're at the auction. <laughs> Look at that tattered trench coat. She can have this box of eight tracks for 38 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems a bit, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's not firing at all cylinders for me. It just don't make no sense. All right, let's do another one. That, okay. that was a bad one. Yeah, yeah. Dear, dear life from the path. My parents are driving me crazy. About six months ago, they opened a little store close to where we live. Every day since it opened, they have made me work with them. On the weekends as well, after school until 6 p.m. when dad gets there. I'm tired of working there. They don't pay me, and they're very strict. I want to tell them I don't want to work there anymore, but I'm afraid if I do, they will punish me. 
Can you tell me what to do? Holy cats, man. What? Did we get a sense for how old this dude is? If he's over 10, he's in big trouble. <laughs> Isn't this where you say, suck it up, buttercup? Yeah. I yeah, I mean, welcome to the 19th century. Up until maybe 1950. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is the way the world works. Your parents open a place. You work there. That's it. I don't know. Anybody else want to tack on there? No, I'm kind of interested in secular's advice. I mean, uh, he's he's not making any other case here. Like, hey, I can't get my schoolwork done. Or I'm not able to go to my, the football game or whatever it is that his his plans are. It's just like, oh, I don't want to work. I got some video games that are really fucking dust. The yeah, I mean, I, can't play them. I think I'd roll the dice and see what kind of punishments we're talking about, you know? Like, hey, Dad, I don't work anymore. This place is stupid. Well, then you're going to go home and clean the kitchen. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or I'm going to take away your car. Yeah, that's no problem. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I I think I'd roll the dice and tell him I don't want to work there no more, and then wait and see what the punishment is. And if mom cries, then obviously you got to stay because you can't do that. But if you make dad mad, everybody can make a deal with making. Dad I mean, yeah, mad. you got to test your limits. I feel like uh, I mean, I might just ask to say, look, I don't come into work today. What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> what do you think's gonna happen? I feel on it. Okay. Yeah. What's the secular advice? Secular says, I don't know how old you are, but your parents wouldn't be doing this if they didn't need your help. Okay, that's definitely not true. I, Grace came up to me tonight and says. If I don't agree with you when you're saying something to me, then I have to agree with you no matter what you say, otherwise I get in trouble. I'm like, yes. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> how it works here, yes. You do something that I think is wrong, I bring it up, and then you agree that it was wrong, and then you, we go our separate ways. And she goes, but you always do that. I'm like, yes, this is exactly my job description. <laughs> I find <laughs> you doing well. wayward things, <laughs> and then I bring them up. Yes, this is exactly right. She goes, that's not fair. I said, you're mistaken. <laughs> I feel like I'm holding up my end of the bargain here. <laughs> All right, uh, secular's advice is, I don't know how old you are, but your parents wouldn't be doing this if they didn't need your help. Please try to step up to the plate with less resentment. My being involved in the family business, you are learning not only responsibility, but also skills that will be valuable when you are older. You don't know if any of that's true. What you need to do now is recognize that your parents need you and, provided the work doesn't conflict with your schoolwork and normal social life, be proud that you are capable enough to contribute in a meaningful way. Yeah, okay. Yeah, man, it seems all right. I really wish people would stop using the phrase step up to the plate. Noted. Yeah, yeah. But if you're not a baseball fan. <laughs> I, what does it make any sense? You Maybe have, it's a buffet. You're the next guy point. in line. But like, it's, it's not a virtue. Hey, man, step up to the plate. Well, I mean, yeah, because you're next up. It's not like you volunteered to go out there. It's not brave. Yeah, I suppose, like, you don't ever see the on-deck dude rolling up the plate and going... You know what? Nope. 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 I'm out. No pass. <laughs> and then and then busting for the locker rooms. Yeah, they're like they, in the in the business world, they were like, yeah, Chuck really stepped up to the plate. I'm like, it's Chuck's job. Chuck did it because he's supposed to do it. Like, if some guy came in and volunteered off the street and said, hey, I'm gonna take this on, and then did a really whiz bang job, that's way different. But like, I don't know. It just they, we use it as if it ex explains a person that has done real, something fantastic, and really. It explains a person who just did what they're supposed to do. Yeah, that's true. What, what it turns out is like 250 days out of the year, Chuck's overpaid. <laughs> <laughs> this time, we've gotten our, got yeah. our, our money's worth out of it. Yeah. So, so when you say uh, Chuck finally swung and hit one, that's what they mean. Yeah, I agree. Otherwise, Chuck's not trustworthy. Yeah. Uh, okay, one more. Last one, yeah? Yep. yep. Man, this one's kind of lengthy. It's about an insecure teenage girl. I'm Good. ready for it. Dear Life from the Path. I'm a 16-year-old girl, and I'm pretty sure I'm the most insecure thing on the planet. Mm -hmm. I always feel self-conscious. Although I guess it's normal for kids my age to feel like this, it's at a whole different level for me. 
I feel like everyone, including my closest friends, don't like me or care about me as much as I care for them. I try to distance myself from people so I won't seem annoying or clingy, but that has left me socially deprived. I don't have a best friend either. I have multiple kind of friends. I'm scared to get too close to anyone and too shy to make new friends. And yes, I know, having friends isn't the most important thing in the world, but it's still pretty important because you need to have people there for you to trust and to have fun and make memories with. I always feel like a burden to everyone and like everyone who is nice to me is only doing it out of pity. This year I wasn't invited to even one Sweet 16 party because I've distanced myself from everyone. No one, except for two kids, talked to me at school, and when the teacher asks the class to partner up, I'm usually left alone. A lot of this, no one likes you, everyone hates you, paranoia, comes from my parents, because when I was younger, they said it to me repeatedly. I only have a few internet friends. They're the only best friends I have, but unlike me, they have lives outside of the internet. I'm the loser. Please help. Holy cow. Man, it was a couple chip shots there for the first couple questions, and this one is kind of a, kind of a gully. Is this this a, a female? Uh, I'm a 16 year old girl. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I did, that's right. Well, I, I think she needs to um, take some risk and uh, start talking to people and and um, just uh, it's hard to do, but but ignore the rejections or re- ignore the people who don't reciprocate with the conversation and just keep trying until you find someone. You'll find there's friends out there. You have to work it though. You have to you have to do something. You have to be involved and. In, engaged in this thing. You can't just hide behind a computer screen and hope you become friends with somebody. Yeah, there's like, um, like the descriptions are kind of feast or famine, right? Like it's, uh, I I backed away from people because I felt like I was too clingy, but then no one interacts with me. And so like, there's, there's, um, I I would agree that this probably comes from, if there's a self-perception here that says as soon as you start getting close enough someone to have a friend, then you start worrying about overdoing it. Uh, and that causes you to back away, and then you don't have any friends anymore, right? So, like, and th- that that cycle is going to persist um, I- until you can start to get a like a more solid handle um, and confidence in who you are. Because really, I mean, that's kind of the core thing is like um, you're so uh, if you're so dependent on what other people are thinking, then you can become super reactionary on how they might be thinking of you, and it causes you to change your behavior. And so the truth is, you got to let people be people, right? If you're being too much, they'll say you're too much. People tend to tell you that kind of thing. <laughs> and so, like, you, um, you have to trust that um, uh, people will um, help inform you as to, you know, how you're interacting with them, whether you're being a good friend or whatever. Um, but, but to Dan's point, like, um, obviously separating yourself from folks isn't helping either. Um, and so I, so I would agree. I think you just you need to go out there and you need to try to re-engage people to make friends. And like, if you're having trouble right now, like it, it can't be a surprise if you've totally pulled yourself away, right? That's not a reflection of you as a person. It's a reflection of your choice to pull away from people. And so you have to re-go back out it again. And it's going to take a while because the truth is, is you made that choice, and now you're kind of the person that dodged away from folks. And it's going to take a little bit of time for people to recognize that you're not still doing that because people don't tend to want to invest in a relationship of which they feel like you just might bail out of or that you're not willing to stay in. And so um, I think give yourself some time, give yourself some grace, um, uh, recognize that your um, definition of who you are as a person doesn't come from other people, but like certainly God put other people in the world um, to provide some some very cool things. And so um, I would say, you know, obviously engage in a relationship with Jesus. It, It helps you get the right orientation of the world. You recognize um, who you are, um, but from there, um, take that and then start start actively kind of working out into the world. And some of that stuff will solve itself. Sometimes people will stink, and it's not going. It's going to be bad. 
Um, but like the risks that comes with engaging with people and making friends um, will outweigh um, the things that will come, you know, the negative things that might come from the process of doing so or what it's like to engage with people and, and, and have to correct yourself and how you engage with them. So um, I, I would agree. I think you just um, get back on out there and uh, and uh, see what what comes of it. I think what you're trying to say is step up to the plate. Step yeah. up to the plate. That's right. I, I mean, and, and, and I think you all are right. Like, I mean, you didn't mention that you had a job, you know, or you were part of any type of social activities outside of school. High school is terrible. I mean, I'm, it, for some people, 5% of the world loves high school, thinks it's fantastic. Everybody else hates it. It's not a good representative of the way the rest of the world is going to work or how your friends are going to interact with you throughout your life. And so, like, some people just ain't going to like it. It ain't going to be their deal. And yeah, I, yeah, I'd start with a job. <laughs> no, and actually, I, I was talking to someone about this recently um, when it comes to engaging with other people is um, you're, you're, you're a single person. Yourself in a vacuum is terribly destructive. Like, you have no gauge for the rest of the world except through your own eyes and your own eyes are coming from a person who has chosen to take themselves away from people and like longs for relationship but is in purposely not engaging in any and like that those that becomes a real des- desperate type of situation like you just don't see the world well and uh, people are fallible and they will cause you trouble uh and they're like they're imper- they'll see the world imperfectly too but you you do at least have a, a sense of balance or a, a way to take in the world a little bit differently once you start interacting with other people, um, and it, it becomes real difficult when you're isolated like that is because you, you start making decisions that, that just aren't reacting to the world as it actually is. And so if you want to have a chance to see the world correctly, engaging with other people, good or bad, um, on a consistent basis will at least give you the opportunity to do that. But just recognize it's, things are always going to feel differently and probably aren't a right reflection of reality when you're trying to digest them by yourself in an isolated condition um, and, and you're, you interpret how people are interacting with you um, generally in a, in a hyper way. Like you, it's not really a, a right understanding of the world when you're in that position. So like you you have to be out interacting with folks generally on a consistent basis, like as a, like a job or uh, I mean school should do it, but as long as you're not pulling yourself away from people. Um, but but just recognize that you really run the risk of not seeing the world correctly or as it actually is when you lose the perspective of people around you. Yeah, you need to go to church. They have to love you. There you go. Yeah, Secular uh, says, please do not compare your life with the lives of people you know from the Internet because the information can be misleading. In an online world, everything seems rosy because people are less likely to post about their disappointments. In the real world, let me point out that parents are supposed to support and encourage their children, not belittle and denigrate them. Because you need more mentoring than I can offer in a letter or a column, I hope you will discuss your issues with a counselor at school who may be able to help you receive professional counseling to overcome the verbal abuse you have experienced at home. Please write me again and let me know how you're doing because I care. Wow. You didn't say anything nice about her. You just told her that her parents were junk and she needed counseling. I mean, I feel like you could empower her. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you could say some things to her that are true right now without counseling to send her on her way and get her headed yeah, in the right it, direction. Beyond you're a victim. Yeah. Here, here. Go, yeah. You right. got screwed. Why don't you wallow in it for a while? Go talk to somebody. I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't get counseling. Counseling is very, very beneficial for a lot of people, right? But, like, in the meantime, you know, go on about. You know, to take some stuff, re- discover who you are, and move on. All right. You've been listening live from the path. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. Really do appreciate it. Uh, on the docket for next week, I'm not quite sure about that. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, we'll be preparing a show that will be fantastic. Um, until we see you next week, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path. <laughs>